0: This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Look to your neighbor and say praise the Lord. We praise the Lord around here because... He deserves to be praised. Amen. He deserves to be praised. And um, I want to talk to us today just for a little while. Um, I'm trying to have a conscious effort to to get to my point quickly and exit my point quickly. As my father just kind of likes to help me, encourage me to, you know, he teases me sometimes. But uh, um, would you open your Bible with me to uh, Genesis? And uh, if you've heard me preach... Any amount of time, you know that I refer to the Book of Genesis a lot, and so I am. You can stand with me while we read the verses of the Scripture. That would be awesome. And um, Genesis chapter number one and verse number one. And I'm going to read a few scriptures uh, in this message today that perhaps you have heard before, and um, examine a topic that I felt that needs to be repeated. Somebody say repeated. Um, certain things need to be said again, amen, for our hearing and for our understanding. So Genesis chapter number one, verse number one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse number two, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved, let me say moved. Moved upon the face of the waters. Amen. Let's, um, somebody say amen. Believe that word to be true. How many believe Genesis 1-1? Believe it. Now how many believe the rest of the Bible? We we believe that too. I feel like I got a whole other group right over here. Poor Sister Kelly's over here. So then we got the group over here. But uh, it's all right. Uh, My neck turns both ways, so that's good. Even after yesterday, I, I can still have maybe one part of my body I don't have any pain or anything going on. So, Amen. So, you may be seated in the name of the Lord. When uh, viewing the Bible as a whole, when you start at Genesis chapter number one, I urge you to get a glimpse of the purpose of the Old Testament writers. The Bible, which is God's Word, to us is the revelation of who He is. Uh, Brother Mike hit it right on the head in pre-service prayer. We do need to understand of who Jesus is. Can I get an amen? We need to have the. That is the basis understanding. If we can arrive to the conclusion of who Jesus really is throughout Scripture, you are you are heading in the right direction. If I can use a scripture to. To solidify that point, the Bible says we press towards a mark, and that is one of the marks of the revelation of who Jesus is. Now, I am not uh, exhaustive in that, but I do know who Jesus is, and he is the Savior of the world. He is the creator of all things. If we can come to the understanding of, of who Jesus is, that is one of the revelations that we need to strive for. The Word of God was written by men inspired by God. It was not just written by man just by on a on a whim or a fancy like uh, oh well I think I'll write a novel today. It's not that type of writing. They were inspired by the hand of the almighty God. The the word of God is 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 written. The Bible is not is not words that man wrote about God. Let me say that again. The Bible is not words that man wrote about God. But God breathed revelation to man who he is. It is the revelation of who he is. It's just not a story that somebody says, well, I'm going to tell people about who God is. No, that's not really what it is. It is the revelation from God to express who he is. It is the expression, if you will, Second Peter chapter number 1, verse number 21. For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I think we need to get back to that in the churches that we attend, in the places that we need to be full of people and men that are moved on by the Holy Ghost. I believe the Lord still wants to write a few chapters in your life and I want the chapters to be expressed that I was moved on by the Holy Ghost. We have many people writing chapters in their life and it's a life that perhaps we would like to omit certain things but I wonder if there's anybody that would be willing to allow God to reveal Himself into you that the Spirit of God would write the words in your life. That is an incredible thing to know that when we are moved on by the Holy Ghost, Second Timothy chapter number three, verse number sixteen says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration, or God breathed inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in." righteousness the word of God comes together flawlessly and in great unity because there is only one author let me just say this there are many writers in the Bible but there's only one author I'm going to say that again because you need to understand this there is no contradiction in the Bible There's no contradiction. It it may seem like there's contradictions, but what we really need to do is, is to get past what we think there's a contradiction and say, no, Lord, you are the author and everything in between here, so give me the revelation that I need to understand that there is no contradictions. We have to understand today that the Word of God is a flawless work of the Holy Ghost. And in this flawless work, this flawless eternal word wants to be expressed in your life. I said it wants to be expressed in your life. See, there are 32 writers in the Old Testament, but there's only one author. The Bible says he is both author and finisher. How can that be? How can someone be both author and finisher? And finisher, because he is the eternal God. Hebrews chapter number 5, verses 8 and 9, says, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto them that obey him. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 1 and 2, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that was set before us. Looking unto who? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The word of God is our faith. Let me say this again. I said the word of God. This is the faith, if you will of what we need to strive to be. This is the mark, but Jesus also is the mark, and, and but that is not a contradiction. The name of Jesus and his word is not a contradiction. It works together seamlessly. It is in unity. So when the word of God says he is both author, Jesus, the author, and the finisher, who for the joy that was set before endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand Of the throne of God. That is not a contradiction to, well, who wrote the Old Testament? It was Jesus Christ. How was it Jesus Christ? Because that was God manifest in the flesh. The expressed image of the invisible God, the word of the Lord says. It is the completed work, if you will, of salvation. It is the completed work. Of God, when He robed himself and made himself into flesh, he humbled himself in flesh to dwell among us, and then the word of God was expressed to us that, that it can sustain us, it will keep us into salvation. I'll tell you a little bit about the word of God and the things of God. God can reveal himself in your timeline of your life anytime he wants. I said God can reveal himself into your life anytime he wants. Well, some will say, well, God is not real. Well, then he becomes real in your life if you feel or if God shows himself to you. But when God shows his glory to you, that is not when God started. That is not when God, all of a sudden, he, he just shows up on a seam and that just feels like, well, that's, well, see, God has, was created, or not created, but he has already been. And he created you in his timeline and in his orchestration. It is not up to us to depend on when, or to think that when Jesus shows up, that's just the beginning of God. And when, when Jesus goes away or his spirit moves and goes away, that, his, that is the end of God. God already was, already has been, and will forever be. God can reveal himself in your timeline anytime he wants. He can enter into your timeline. He can enter into your situation because he is an eternal God. That doesn't mean he started existing at that time. He always was, is, and forevermore shall be. He just chose to reveal himself at that moment in our time. I don't know how many times that I've been thinking or driving down the road or praying and I feel like I don't feel God, but I know he's there. Maybe I don't feel the Lord. And I begin to pray and I begin to seek God. Then God reveals himself to me. That's just not when God started his day, when he revealed himself to me. He already was. I said he already was. So it's up to us to get into his timeline, if you will, into his place, and in his presence. Jacob had this revelation. In Genesis chapter number 28, verses 16 and 17, Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said something. 16, it says, Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And then he said, And I knew it not. How many times do we walk through life, and we think, All of a sudden, wow, the Lord was here all along. Sometimes we don't know that God's there, but he's there anyway. Sometimes you may not see him, but he's already there. Sometimes you may not feel him, but he's already there. Sometimes you're worshiping him. You're thinking, Lord, are you even here to answer my prayer? But let me tell you, there will come a time you say, Lord, you have been here the whole time. Because he's an eternal God. Jacob had that revelation. The Bible says in verse number 17, and he was afraid. And up early, hang on, I better put my glasses on. He was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. It's amazing when you get a glimpse of God. It's amazing when you get a glimpse of God. We allow circumstances to dictate our view of God. We allow circumstances of life and feelings and our emotions to dictate how wonderful and how great God is. But there's going to come a time when you're in your greatest need and you begin to call out to the Lord. And you're going to look and say, wow, Lord, you were here already the whole time. Our emotions, our prayers, our life are dictated uh, by how we see God. But I'm thankful to know that he is still the creator, whether I believe it or not. He is still a healer whether I believe it or not. He still is in the business of, of showing up and healing people and saving people whether I believe it or not. God is still on the throne whether I show up to church or not. God is still God no matter the circumstances. I'm thankful that I serve an eternal God today. He does not. I'm so, I'm so thankful the Lord doesn't treat me the way that I treat him sometimes. Well, I'm a little grumpy today. I guess I won't talk to anybody today. I guess I'm going to go up in my throne room and hide in the corner and and, and, and not talk to many people. And you and, know, and, and if somebody pulls out in front of me with their prayer today, I'm going to have a problem with them. Come on, somebody, we act that way where emotions get. To, I'm so glad that I serve an eternal, loving, saving God. And then when He looks to me when I'm acting a fool and I get embarrassed, because I can't get snapped in a in a stupid roller coaster, and I'm feeling, but God's still good. I heard an amen on that. Who I rebuked that? Amen. No, I'm just teasing. Jacob had that revelation that even in the midst, I don't see God, He is already there. That's encouraging to know. That when I go through a dark time in my life, I can say, you know what, Lord? I may not feel you, but I'm going to praise you anyway. I-, I may not understand what's going on, but I'm going to love you anyway. I may not understand it all right now, but there is going to be a day when I look back and say, Lord, I see now you were there all the time. How many times that that is? God has, has worked out work in your life. When we started this church, I had a lot of anxiety, had a lot of fear in, in, in my life. And I had to talk to that fear and say, fear, you ain't got a hold of me. Quit my job and, and, and had no income and started a church with seven people. That's put a lot of fear in you right there. My wife says, well, I'll just work. I say, honey, we can't live on one income. She said, with God, we can. I'm like, okay, well, if you're for it, I'm for it, let's let's do this and and then it was seven people. We started out of at home. And I didn't know where what church was going to look like, who was going to be there, and what's going to happen. But now that I look back after four and a half years, I see the Lord it was there the whole time. Let I me mean, tell you today, God is going to be with you all the way through it all. Oh, I'm thankful today that when I get to heaven, I'm not going to throw my crown at his feet and say, Lord, I see you now. You were there in the midst of my trial. You were there in the midst of my heartache. You were there when I had fear. You were there when you were looking upon me when I doubted. You were there the whole time waiting on me to take that step of faith, if you will. I'm thankful today that he's an eternal God. Titus says this, Titus chapter number 1, verses 1 and 2, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and torn into the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. I believe what he was writing here was saying, Lord, you said you cannot lie and there's no lie in you there's only truth in you and if you said you go to prepare a place for me then I can't wait to get there because your word says that you've gone to prepare a place for me that that, that, that where, I, where you are I would be also. Lord if you said that you died on the cross and you took those stripes on your back for my healing I receive healing right now Lord if you went to that cross and you died for my salvation I receive the power of salvation in my life. Lord you said that you would Never leave me nor forsake me. I may not feel you right now, but I'm banking on your word, the eternal word of God to come true in this moment. And I declare that you are true and righteous in this place. We need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Romans chapter number 6, verse number 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Somebody say the gift of God. You think about that statement right there. That's a beautiful statement. He has a gift. It is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? Eternal life. Through who? How do I get eternal life? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do I have any believers in here today that we must have be born again of water and of spirit to join and be joint heirs with Jesus Christ? I'm thankful that I have been baptized in the name of Jesus. My sins were washed away the eternal God went into my past and began to wash away the shame and the sin but then also he went into my future because he now prepared a way for me to go into that is the eternal God the eternal work of salvation thankful that I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ but also I'm thankful for the infilling of the Holy Ghost because that is where we have power to walk right we have power to think right we have power to understand his word how do I receive the Holy Ghost the Bible teaches us in Acts chapter number 1 and Acts chapter number 2 that they were filled with the Holy Ghost and then there was an outward sign of them being filled and that was speaking in other tongues as God gave the utterance speaking in tongues is not just a a mystery things for a select few but the Bible says it is for everybody and I'm here to tell you today I am filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and I can't wait to get to heaven and share a word or, or share a time of worship and share a time of love with Jesus Christ I am filled with the presence of the Almighty God now Romans six twenty three says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is the eternal life you know what let me tell you something what i cannot give you i cannot give you anything that's eternal i can't because i'm not eternal so out of me comes nothing eternal i i i I can i we can have kids and but i and it's flesh i have for a little while i can make something with my hands and i i can buy a car or buy a house and but those things are not eternal I I can construct and I can do all these things, but only God can give eternal salvation. Why? Because he's eternal. Let me say that again. Only God can give eternal salvation because he is eternal. Only eternal God can give an eternal gift. Only eternal God can give an eternal, eternal word. And my words will die, but his word will ever stand, and it will stand forever. Genesis chapter number 1, verse number 1 says, In the beginning God created. In the beginning God. It is the beginning of man's existence with God. It is not the beginning of God. Let me say that again. Genesis 1.1 is not the beginning of God. It is the beginning of man's existence with God. This is not when Genesis 1.1 is not when God began to exist. Heads are exploding right now. You're trying to compute that in your mind. That's when man started existing, not when God started existing. I got a few rights and amens. Do I have anybody over here, amens or rights. Genesis 1 1 is when man started to exist, not God. Then you start getting a better view of how wonderful and how great God is. Genesis chapter number 1 it is a revelation of man's existence with God. It is, this is the beginning of a walk towards the revelation of His Word. The walk towards Calvary. A walk of, towards the moving of His Spirit in the hearts of man. Everything in the Old Testament, if you begin to read it, if you begin to study it, and you begin to get an overview of the Old Testament, it points to Jesus and the cross. That means God restrained himself for a little while to come in the form of a man for a time. God told Moses in Exodus 33, 22 and 23, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cleft of a rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by and I will take away Mine, and, and I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Why is that? Why did God have that revelation moment with Moses? And many would describe, and historians would say, that when God began to reveal his backward parts to Moses, God revealed to Moses the first book of the Bible. Moses had the revelation of what was, what was, what was to be, uh, be spoken out of his word. God showed Moses that Genesis 1-1. God showed Moses the things that he had done. God took Moses to the past uh, in the present, but did not show him a, a, a specific future yet. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. You see, God constrains himself, constrains his glory and waits for someone to desire him, waiting for someone to seek him, waiting for someone to reach out to him. Sometimes we wait for God. Somebody say, well, let me just say this. Sometimes we wait for God to move when all along the way God is waiting for us to draw nigh to him so that he can draw nigh unto us. You see, God will not prove himself to you until you can accept in the beginning. Somebody say, in the beginning. Poke your neighbor and say, in the beginning. He was waiting for your faith to be unleashed. Faith is what unlocks The merciful God. Faith is what unlocks the great God. Bible says without faith it is impossible to please him. In the book of Luke, the Bible says that Jesus prays for you with one thing in mind. He says, I pray that your faith. Fail not today. I'm here to tell you today that we cannot lose faith in a God who created all these things, who created a place for us that John 14 talks about, but he also created a body of believers that we can believe in and have faith in and let our faith be unleashed in this place here today. That we see a God that goes beyond our beginning, that goes beyond our endings, and goes beyond my faults goes beyond my pain, goes beyond our shame, and reaches to the places that no one else could reach. He is waiting for your faith to be unleashed. You see, God is a limitless God. Faith can be unlocked when you get a glimpse of who He is. So, Genesis one one again says that in the beginning God created the heavens. And the earth. In that moment, in that scripture, I love teaching Bible studies. And I will teach on the first chapter of the Bible for three weeks if you let me. If somebody just looks at me and just kind of just keeps listening, I'll keep talking. And my wife came into the living room one time. She said, Tim, you need to move on in the Bible study. These people don't want to hear about Genesis 1 the whole time. Maybe you need to get to Moses. Get to Joseph. But I believe everything of our faith relies on this first verse of the Bible. You see, God did something very wonderful in Genesis 1.1. God created three things. Somebody say three things. God created time, he created space, and he created matter. Some of you have heard a, heard a, a, a theologian speak on this topic. Time is the start of man's time, not God's time. Matter was the earth, the substance that's around us. And space is the created space in which God put the matter. Say, what do you mean? Well, if you had matter, which is the earth, but no space, where would you put it? If you had no matter and no space, when would you put it? You cannot create matter without space to put it in a, or or you cannot create matter without a place to put it Or a time to establish it. So God did something very beautiful in Genesis 1.1. He created three things simultaneously that had to come together at the very same moment. You see, the eternal God of Genesis is not limited by time, space, or matter. Many times our prayers are limited to time, space, and matter. Well, Lord, if you would only show up at this time. Lord, if you would only be there, you know, i, I got to go to a family reunion. Lord, I could really use some, some help today to restrain myself. Uh, I, Lord, I could really use you when I show up to work tomorrow because there's that one person. Lord, it, it, there's, there's, there's a tumor in my body. I, 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 there's, I need you, God, to heal this. I, we, we put limits on God based off time, space, and matter. Our prayers are limited by those things. But let me tell you something God is outside of our time, our space, and our matter. He's bigger than Genesis 1 1. Our faith. Limits our, we, we limit our faith when we think about, I need healing for my body. Lord, I need you to show up. And Lord, I, I just need a little bit of time alone. I need a little bit of this. I need a little bit of space. I wish you would just help me in this time that I'm in. But the Lord is looking at our prayers and said, don't you understand who I really am? I can go in your past. I can go into your future. I can get into your body. I can speak for you. Faith needs to rise to the level of who God is. I do not understand everything there is to know about God. And none of us will ever get to the place until we see him face to face. That's why I believe when we get to heaven, we're going to throw our crowns, uh, that mater- that's, that glorified crown or whatever it's going to look like. The Bible talks, we're going to throw that aside because when we see Jesus, I said when we see Jesus we're going to see him for who he really is and if we raise our faith down here just a little bit we can worship him in spirit and in truth and the truth is he's greater than your sickness the truth is he's greater than your problem truth is he's greater than your past and he's greater than your future It's my God faith needs to raise to the level of the understanding of who Jesus is. The Bible teaches us the eternal God. Let's go to Colossians chapter number 1, Raphael. Colossians 1. The eternal God of Genesis is not limited by time, space, or matter. Because he created it all. I said he created it all. Colossians 1 verses 15 through 17. Who was the image of the invisible God? the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created by him and... For him. I love that. I, I'm so thankful that he made it. But guess what? He made it for himself. And we get so much pride that we think what we have is ours. It ain't yours. You're just a temporary owner, if you will. You're just renting space on this earth just for a little while. Because I am subject to the king of kings and the Lord who made it all. Who's in it all. And is through it all. That's the kind of God we serve in eternal God, here today, who is the image of the invisible God. Somebody say, image, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. The first Adam, if you will, or the second Adam, which was Jesus Christ. I don't have time to go through all the Bible studies. But who is the image of the? Jesus is the image of the invisible God, firstborn of every creature. Now when you have a revelation of who Jesus is, for by him were all things created. How can Jesus, who revealed himself in the New Testament, how did he create all things? Because he is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the image of the God of the Old Testament. He is the image of the creation. He is the image of all power. He is the image of all principalities. He is the image of all thrones. He is both invisible and visible in this earth and outside of this earth. The Bible gives us a little bit of a picture, but I don't think it describes it quite well enough. The Bible says the earth is his footstool. But that just gives us an image of what it is. But he's greater than what we would think of the world as a footstool. He's greater than this world. He's greater than all the the solar systems. He's greater than all the sun, the moon, and the stars. So when I go to him in prayer, what is my little need that he will reach down to me and I don't have enough faith that he can minister? Where is my faith that the God of all things can't touch my little need that I have? in my life find that many people are burdened by the weights of life by the sorrows and the things and yes we, have, we, we, we go through trying times, and I, I've been through them, and I've been through more things that I care to talk about, and I know there will be more things coming down the road, but there is something greater outside of my problems. There's something greater outside of my needs, and his name is Jesus. And I have faith today in the name of Jesus that whatever I have, whatever I have a need of, he is willing and able To move in my life. That means if I need a healing. He can do it. Because he's not bound by matter. If I need my sins forgiven. He can do it. Because he's not bound by the time. And the place that I committed my sin just tell you this. Some of us are still struggling with things that happened 25 years ago, and we're still walking around carrying that burden. Guess what God can do? The Savior, the eternal God, you can have a conversation with Him, and He can go back 25 years ago and take that shame and take it and wash it away and forgive you and love you, and then all of a sudden, I don't know how God does it, but because He is not bound by time, He can go back into my past. Take away the shame. Take away the guilt. And then somehow in my present, he will say, there you go. You feel a little lighter. I say, thank you, Jesus. But he says, now I'm going to go before you. He said, I'm going to go before you. I'm going to be a lamp and a light unto your path. I'm going to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. How can someone go into my past? Heal me, step into my present, encourage me, and then walk before me if that God that you serve and we serve is not bound or is bound by those things. That's why Genesis 1-1 is so powerful to me. It's because God is not bound by time. He's not bound by space. And he's not bound by matter. He's not bound by anything. I think we need to raise our hands right now and have faith in a God that owns it all and is moving through it all and has everything at his fingertips, if you will. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says in the Gospels, Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. In other words, he's saying if you want to bind something or loose something, because I am outside of all those things, I have the command, and all you have to do is I speak the word or make a motion or whatever and have my breath speak into that matter, time, or space, and things will change. My sins need forgiven, he can do it. If I need healing for my body, he can do it. It's no big thing for him to do it. The Lord in the flesh doesn't have to be here to heal you. So many times, even when he was here in the flesh in the gospels, the Roman centurion came to him, and that Roman said, the Roman centurion, he said, Lord, I understand authority. You just speak the word, and my daughter can be made whole. You know what we need to believe is God is not bound by time. He is not a doctor that he has to open you up, get the scalpel out and cut it all out and remove it and sew you back up. No, God in his infinite wisdom who is outside that matter that's in your body, he can just speak it and all of a sudden it's it's, it's health once again. I'm so thankful I have a God who is not bound by doctor's orders or doctor's ability, but I serve a God that can heal with a spoken word. Word, so he can step into my past. He can forgive me and wash away the sins. He can create in me a clean heart. The present, and then he can be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, which is a scripture about our future. Bible says he will go before me, and grace and mercy shall goodness and mercy shall follow me. I'm so thankful. That before I get in my car and drive down the road, the Lord is going before me. I'm so thankful to know that five, God already knows what's coming around the corner, whether it be a year or two in my, he knows the cells that are in my body. He knows the cells that could be cancerous cells in my body. It is is something, my mother died of colon cancer. And every once in a while, I begin to think, I really need to go get a colonoscopy. And every once in a while, my sister, she'll call me and say, Tim, have you had your colonoscopy done? I'm like, no, I haven't. She said, you need to do that. And I said, I don't want to do it. She said, you still need to do it. So we have this nice little immature conversation about whether I should and should not do. It. And I tell her, you're not my mama. She said, well, if mama was here, she would tell you, to go get your colonoscopy. And I said, well, this phone call's over because I don't want to go get my colonoscopy. She said, I'll drive you to, I don't want you to drive me. No reason for you to come over here. She said, you need to get it done. I don't care. I don't want to get it done. I'm a five-year-old. I don't want to get it done. But sometimes you'll get weighted about, what, what, what if I have that cancer cell gene? What if, what, what if I have cancer? But the Lord knows if I have it or not. And the Lord knows that he can heal me. Maybe he already has it. healed me of anything. I'm here to tell you, God is not, I'm not going to be worried about what life represents because I have a God that is outside of this. this very life. God will go before me. His goodness and mercy will follow me. I need a way. When we sing and we like to say, he is a way where there seemeth to be no way. (laughs) You know why we can sing that, why we can say that? It's because God's not bound by space or time or circumstance or issues. We're going through some things right now. And uh, I don't know what the answer to the questions. I don't have the, all the answers to a lot of things. And I don't know how many times as pastoring, I, I, God will, something will come up and I'm like, Lord, I don't have the answer. And God has a lot of gall because he doesn't answer me sometimes. Lord, it would be nice to know the future of our church, of what's going to happen, because it would just be nice to know. It would be nice to know if the bank is going to say yes. It would be nice to know if this is going to happen. Just give, can you, just clue me in. You know, clue me in here a little bit so that I don't have to worry. But the Bible teaches us that God is just looking for somebody to have some faith. Sometimes God doesn't give us all the answers because what would faith be good for if we had all the answers all the time? Well, why would he pray that our faith fail not if he would constantly just give us, give us all the answers in the morning? We rise up in the morning and the Lord says, okay, here's all your answers for the day. I just want to let you know that this is going to happen, this is going to happen, but don't worry, I'm going to be there and this is going to happen. This is going. Oh, great, this is wonderful. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't really work that way. Life is not great. But what I do have is I get up in the morning and I pray and I say, Lord, I know you're a faithful God. And no matter what comes my way you're going to be there. And I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to get out of my bed in faith. Believe in God you're going to be with me. How many of you know you need that sometimes? You get out of bed and you don't want to face that day but you get out anyway and you just take a step of faith. I saw something this past week and I think it was Nicole put it on Facebook. She was a substitute teacher and she had a bunch of kindergarten class. And uh, she was like, I wasn't prepared for that day or something like that. And, uh, and I, thought, I thought for a moment, that's a good day to wake up in faith. And some of your school teachers are in here. You know what I'm talking about. That you, that you, some days you just need to, Lord, I don't know if I can face these kids today. Boy, if one of these kids say, one, look at me wrong way, I'm going to give them what for. But then all of a sudden grace and love and mercy shows up at the right time. And the time that in your in your in your mind you're thinking, I could take that kid and just smack him upside the head and send him back to his home. But there's grace that comes across your face and smiles and says, "We love you. We're so thankful that you're here today." Okay. Was that too transparent? We have parents in here, right? But God's grace, you know what if the Lord looks at it that way, if these turkeys would just not Will they just have faith in me? I, the Lord could just reach down and just smack us on every once in a while and say, come on. I have prepared something for you. Let's go. I, I, I had this example in my mind, and I've never really put it into practice. And, uh, uh, but I, I want to do it one day, and I want to have about a 200-foot rope. And I, I want to line it out in between these chairs and all this stuff. And somebody at the end of the rope this way. And, uh, and I'm on this end or people on this end. And we start pulling that rope. And they got to go through this big obstacle course. And you're like, man, when is this going to end? And when is, but that rope could take you anywhere. You don't know where, what aisle you're going to go down. You don't know what, what you have to climb over. You don't know what's coming your way. But at the end of that is a prize. Maybe a snicker candy bar. Somebody say amen. Amen. Maybe your favorite things at the end. Sometimes that's the way it is when I walk with God. We don't know where the Lord's taking us. And I may not know the end game on this. I may not know where I'm going or how I'm going to get there. But at the end, the reward is going to be great. I said the reward is going to be great. And I feel like the Lord's in heaven and says, come on, I got you. Keep keep hanging on to the rope. And many times we let go of the rope because we're unsure of where that's taking us. But sometimes we got to get back into the word, back into his presence, back into the house of God. Get back a hold of that rope and let the Lord keep pulling us towards him. Because the Bible says in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I am, I want you to be also. He keeps drawing. He keeps calling. I'm thankful today that we serve an eternal God. Can you stand with me right now? An eternal God. I'm going to close by saying this. That if you have questions about where life's heading you or taking you, or if you have sickness in your body. Or if you have trouble in your family or at your job. or Situations aren't going the way you'd hoped they would go. And things may look bleak. I wonder if you can get a glimpse of who Jesus is. Look beyond the time and space of matter of your problems. And see a God who owns it all. Somebody say, Amen. Hey, man, he owns it all. So what happens is our prayer changes when we see God in his fashion. Our prayers change when we see, see God in his fashion. Our, our worship changes when we see God in his fashion. Because many times we go to God with a need and, we, and, we, and, it's, and it's right in order to ask God to, to touch us. It's, it's, it's right in order to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover it. And I understand all that. But when you look at God, there's beyond all those things. You think, who am I that he's mindful of me? He's, he's high and lifted up. His train fills the temple, the Old Testament prophet says. He's, he's an awesome God. And Lord, really, if you want to heal me, heal me. If not, I'm okay with that because I'm in your presence. I'm in your presence. I know who you are. I know what you are doing. I, I, I see you in a different light. When we get to heaven, I'm so thankful that this body that can't fit in the roller coaster at Kings Island one day will be changed to a glorified body. Be no more shame of getting strapped in. There'll be more and more shame, no more guilt, no more trials, no more heartache. I'll be in the presence of the Lord. But what I like about the presence of God is the Lord wants to have fellowship with us. And that when you get lost in worship and praising him, all these meaningless things, sicknesses, problems, strife, they pale in comparison to the glory that we see that is manifest in his presence. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.